What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, getting this uh, recording done a little earlier in the week. Uh, picked a good weekend to be somewhat off of uh, watching watching live. Uh, but last week, like you said, awesome pay-per-view card. I think a lot of the you know uh, thoughts and analysis kind of uh, all came came together and uh, also a pretty fun fight card, you know, I thought top to bottom. Yeah, man, I think probably one of our best podcasts uh, ever. Um, you know, I think one of the first ones we did, Dillashaw Sanhagen, was like an amazing one where you predicted like most of the card, right? And this one was just another one. We were both pretty heavy on Green and Cannoneer, our best bet parlay cast. Um, we had a couple good props come through for us. So it was just an amazing card. Uh, some pretty good fights as well. Um, and you know, just the complete opposite of this week though, looking at this card top to bottom, uh, if you could give like one word to describe this card, what would you say it is Ozzy? Uh, plastic. I don't know. It, it just like something that not, 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 not the best put, uh, together, obviously both from, there's like no relevant fighters on here all, all that much. And, uh, you know, you obviously lose the main event of uh, the week of, so definitely just kind of uh, something that was uh roughly put together here um but fights on the weekend and you know let's uh, let's see if uh, some exciting ones uh come out because there are some good action fighters you know on it for sure yeah very abysmal card um quick thing from last week though i profited six units uh how many how many units for you uh just over three and a half i mean only bets that really didn't hit were you know whitaker and a, a, a few prop bets uh you know i glad i'm glad i mentioned that uh, douglas da silva you know, fight to go later and to go to distance, but you know he ended up finishing there and, and what ended up uh, being the fight of the night. But uh, definitely value on uh, on Douglas there. But yeah, three and a half units up there, and uh, you know reverted you know back from last week where you know small loss to a pretty good win and you know straight bets coming in you know really well. So uh, continuing to, to to keep plugging away and uh, almost up twenty units uh, with uh, two months down uh, in in the year. Yeah, you won that uh, head-to-head matchup with the. Mer- I was pretty confident in Morozov. You had dug us there, so um, you got the best of that one. And we still got two more cards left in February, so 20 units in a month and a half is pretty fucking crazy. Um, and uh, that's enough of the recap, though. We got 12 fights this weekend, uh, so let's get into these fights. Um, we got in the Bantamweight division, starting things off, two guys uh, with very little UFC experience, Chad and... And Heliger um, taking on Jesse Strader. Uh, we got Chad as the favorite, minus 238, Strader plus 203. Uh, I'm just going to call my man Chad from now on. Um, I was, you know, mildly impressed with what I saw from him in the Contender Series. Um, it, it seemed like a UFC tier win, right, where he he faces some adversity, he battles back, he loses rounds, he comes back, he shows good three-round cardio. And to me, you know, that was a pretty impressive performance. He got taken down and spent a lot of time on bottom versus Gafarov, but the guy seemed to have some good striking, good knees up the middle, solid boxing, good cardio, and he got up from a lot of bad positions. So impressive victory on the contender series there. Also came through with some really good live bets for us. I remember uh, Ozzy and I were both on them, like plus 370 or something like that. Um, and then we got Strader on the other side, much more volatile, wild fighter. You know, this guy is pretty much like kill or be killed. Um, he does dig to the body. He does, you know, come out aggressive in round one, have some power in his hands. So, you know, this should be a, a pretty exciting fight to start things off. Yo, yo, chill out with the chips, bro. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, so man, that that you going for some Lay's baked uh, potato chips really threw me off there. Um, so yeah, I, I got a small bet on uh, Strader here, half unit plus two thirty. Uh, I think Ann Heiliger has the much higher ceiling. Is going to be sticking around in the UFC for a lot longer, but I just see uh, it being difficult for him to cover minus two fifty, minus two seventy, or something like that. And Strader is probably going to come out and pretty uh be pretty aggressive in round one so maybe take some stabs on straighter round one props maybe uh and Heiliger round three props as well so i'll pass this one over to you what are you thinking about this one yeah my bad i just brushed my head brushed up against his bag that was next to me but anyway um yes <laughs> it, it really was that, that's what happened my mistake but uh yeah anyway with the, this fight though like you said chad i mean in in the contender series fight he showed uh, some decent uh, grappling, you know, later on. I think uh, in the lead up to that fight, I, I, I heard like some interviews from him and he kind of said after like that initial stint uh, where he picked up a lot of L's uh, in his career, he started taking a lot more seriously, like changed gym, started doing a jujitsu a lot more. Um, and I think it's shown uh, with the fact that this guy definitely has power in his hands, uh, has been able to keep fights, you know, standing and, you know, kind of just looks to put out damage, you know, more so has pretty good boxing, uh, you know, throws uppercuts in the pocket, is very comfortable inside there. So I think even though UFC debut, he has like 17 fights, you know, like, you know, double, more than double Schrader's uh, is more dangerous. I think Schrader maybe a little... I, I don't think he's that fragile. He just gets hit uh, very cleanly because he kind of comes out, uh, you know, looking to cause damage himself. So I, I prefer Schrader. Uh, I prefer Chad here. I wouldn't be looking to play Schrader. Like if you do, if you need like bets on like every fight, I guess it's not a good, a bad underdog to play. But personally, I feel like Chad, you know, could probably get some grappling going later on in this fight has shown three rounds of cardio. So I'd lean over to his side, but uh, you know, it's not a UFC level fight, so <laughs> you know, you know, be, be you know, keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I think Chad it could be UFC caliber. We'll 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 see. And uh, one thing I'll say is Strader was really open for like shots in and out of in and outside of the clinch. So look out for him to get clipped uh, on the clinch, kind of like Matt, Montel Jackson did to him. But enough about that one. We got ourselves uh, what should be a fun fight, probably the closest line fight on the card um, in the women's strawweight division. We got Deanna Belbita taking on Gloria DePaula. Uh, Bet Online has Belbita slight favorite, minus 129. Uh, DePaula plus 109. A lot of action coming in on Belbita these past few days. What are you thinking about this kickboxing? Uh, yeah, kickboxing fight. You would imagine uh, DePaula's talking about using her grappling a little bit, but I don't really think that she's reliable to do that. I mean, although she does seem pretty smart overall, she just like, I don't know, she has good technique. And I've kind of said that a few times before. Um, she has good technique. She has a terrible record, five and four. Um, but she's tough as well, which is. Uh, you know you like to see but she does doesn't really hit that hard like is i think i think at the end of the day is why she's had trouble in her career like not putting girls away and all that and i think belbita she's much she's definitely bigger um she showed that she she'll take a shot in that uh goldie fight she'll come forward she'll throw uh dangerous strikes of her own and i would lean towards her i was saying if i had plus money on belbita i would take it but without that, I'm just in the past in this fight. Um, but I would lean Belbita to pick up a win here and maybe hurt uh, Gloria because Gloria then can be hurt and, you know, doesn't throw that hard. So Belbita for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm signing with Belbita too. I just locked in a bet on her. Um, you know, she still pick them on DraftKings, so I uh, figured now is the time to to get in there. Just kind of steam chasing a little bit, but I did I did have you know a lean towards her early in the week. Um, you know, DePaula. I mean, both these women are just awful, awful grapplers. Like the worst grapplers you could possibly imagine. Um, but I don't expect any grappling to happen here. Maybe like a caught kick or something could. Uh, turn into some grappling but i just see um belbita having an actual ufc win a 15 minute decent performance she did get taken down and kind of mounted and like nearly finished at the end of round three there versus Han and goldie and uh you know goldie's not that bad so i just kind of trust belbita a little bit more she's got the ufc experience she's got a win she's got a 15 minute performance and i think this should just be a kickboxing match that slightly favors her so i'll go with belbita decision as the pick and, you know, at Pick'em, I'd say she's probably worth a, a small bet. That's uh, enough of that one, though. What's next is the featherweight division fight. Uh, should be a hilarious matchup here. Uh, Chas Skelly taking on Mark Striegel. Skelly minus 200. Striegel plus 170. Uh, I sent out a tweet about this the other day. I think it's amazing that these guys are 18 and 3. Like, watching how badly they suck right now at MMA, it's just insane that they're 18 and 3. You know, Chas Skelly gets a little bit of slack because... His best days are behind him. You know, he's obviously past his prime, has had a pretty long UFC career. Um, so he gets a little bit of, a, you know, some slack. But Striegel is just awful, man. I mean, this guy is a wrestler who moved into MMA. Uh, I think he specifically fought in Asia for a long period of time just to avoid, like, good fighters and good grapplers. Um, and I'm just sort of realizing is he's moving up and waiting for this fight, too. His last fight was at Bantamweight. Uh Nurmagomedov just put him out really cold, uh, really quickly. And Striegel has only fought like that was his only fight in like a year or two years. Yeah, he has uh one minute of cage time in the past two years. So actually almost three years. Sorry about that. Um, so I, I guess Chaskelly should win the fight. I mean, he's the better jujitsu grappler by a pretty good margin. Um, but you know, Skelly's striking is ugly. His physicality is not great. Um, he can slow down in fights. Like he, he got a standing back take in round one versus Bobby Moffat. And then was just dead tired in round two, uh, by that and got finished so maybe skelly starts strong here and you can get striegel as a big underdog at like plus three four five hundred after round one maybe take a small stab on him maybe it could just get like an ugly squirrely grappling fight later on but you know it should be a grappling fight i trust the better grappler in chas skelly but i wouldn't be laying this minus 200 and i just think i thought that was just a hilarious uh, breakdown of the fight overall but uh, but yeah, you know, um, it's pretty. You you agree with any of it or what? Yeah, I just thought it was funny. But but yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, one, both these guys, like, you know, how they match up, how they end up matching up these guys, like, both of them have the same record. Both of them are like fucking, you know, grappling merchants, right? Like, all they want to do is grapple. Mark Striegel looks like, you know, he could be on the cover of a magazine. Chas Kelly does not. So it's just fucking funny. I is what I feel. Um, you know, that they ended up pitting these two against each other. Now, let me tell you, I mean, Mark Striegel, this dude's just fake. I don't know what it is about him. Like, you know, there's very easy jokes to make 
you know, uh, alluding to that, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I hope that, you know, someone else could do that in your life. But yeah, you know, Mark Striegel, he's just fake to me. Like this dude, you know, he's strong for sure. He does, you know, he does his uh, workouts correctly. He's a fan of progressive overload, all the good stuff, right? Intermittent fasting, all that stuff. But this dude's just not really about this MMA life is all I could tell you. I think Chas Skelly's going to butcher this dude. Um, you know, people say Chas Skelly sucks, all that stuff. I think it's kind of nonsense. Like this guy uses uh, his attributes, right? He's like, like his... Uh, you know, and how he came up and, you know, how he, uh, like, formatted his game. He uses it very well. I think if he needs to pressure this guy, he could do so rare, very easily. So, I mean, if I was, like, playing DraftKings and stuff like that, it'd be, like, 100% Chas Skelly for me. I just don't think that this Regal dude could grapple uh, anywhere near uh, at his pace. And, like, the lankiness of Chas Skelly, I think, neutralizes the best stuff about Shriegel, about like, you know, the, the techniques that he actually does do. Um, so I think that at some point, Chaskelly just twists this guy up, you know, folds him like a pretzel, submits him with something, you know, maybe like an arm triangle or a rear naked choke or something like that. Uh, and, and hopefully retires <laughs> into the sunset. But I don't really think this guy's done. I think he, I mean, he's going to fuck Mark Shriegel up, dude, for sure. So inside ITD, you know, because I could see uh some like ground and pound and this dude Shriegel just giving up so yeah interesting so you're Chess more Kelly. confident more confident than i Bro, for Chess sure Ke Chess Kelly's yeah, I, one of the best to ever do it people don't know that that's a, that's a that, that's a strong take but he just is mark Shriegel is not, not on, I, that's got to be saved mark, that's got that's got to be mark Shriegel, saved mark, mark Shriegel is not on his level in terms of mma grappling bro this dude mark Shriegel, there's there's no way he is in the same hemisphere at all you know well he he i, I agree he, he he wasn't raised in the same hemisphere he never he's never seen a dude i guarantee you bro he's not a real fighter. i guarantee you bro he's never grappled with a guy like chas skelly they don't make these kinds of guys they don't make chas skelly's in fucking guam or whatever the fuck so this guy yeah the only way i see him winning is like some actually like a he's at like a what it fight ready right now is he what is he doing I'm know. not sure, but oh, that's enough. Dude, about all this. I see about Shriegel is this guy running on fucking treadmills, man, which is good, right? No bikes, but MMA wise, bro, he's fighting uh, Chas Skelly, not you know running a marathon against him. So he's gonna die. Um, we're gonna move on to the women's bantamweight division. <clears throat> um, highly anticipated fight next. We yep. got uh, Jessica Rose Clark minus one seventy five, Stephanie Edgar plus one fifty. Um, I bet. Oh uh, wait, is it? Yeah, me, my turn. My turn. You're, go my ahead. Turn. Go ahead. Yeah, no, my, you're so we got we got Jessica Rose Clark, right? So Rose Clark, you know, she's here off of a a few a few sketchy as wins over literally the bottom of the barrel. You know, I faded Stephanie Edgar last time, but I mean, this girl could grapple on the feet. She's not. I mean, she's not good on the feet, but she's bigger than Jessica Rose Clark. Taller. She just throws the punch like she stays behind her jab. So. The only way that I really see Jessica Rose Clark being able to look good at what you have to pay for her is if she like really stays behind a jab and throws leg kicks. But I don't think that's gonna happen. It's women's MMA, so you know what's gonna happen, man. They're gonna fucking grapple, and when they start grappling, uh, Stephanie Edgar is just way better than Jessica Rose Clark in terms of like technique and stuff, and like those 50-50 positions that Jessica put, like those uh, Edwards and um, what's the other girl's name? Alpar, the, the, yep. those those spots, 
Eggers in a win, win them, I think, or be be live enough in them that you want to back her as an underdog. So I think Egger wins this fight. Maybe takes takes the initiative, takes Rose Clark down, or either reverses her. Some grappling stuff is going to happen, and Egger is going to win the, the grappling, and we'll win the fight. That's how I see it. So plus one sixty, uh, yeah, so one fifty, Cal Mian. I was uh I bet Rose Clark in her past two fights, Alpar and um Edwards. And you know, I feel like this is kind of kind of the time to hop off the train. Um, you know, one thing I'll say though is I don't agree that Edgar is better than Rose Clark. I mean, Tracy Cortez took her down three times and kept her down for like twelve minutes in that entire fight. I mean, I think Tracy Tracy Cortez is a huge fraud in in the the midst of being exposed sometime soon. And, you know, she was able to to outgrapple Edgar really, really easily there. Um and, you know, she beat, you know, whatever that woman's name was, uh Shana Young or whatever. I mean, one of the worst Shana Young. Uh, Shana. fighters on Get the roster. Right. Yeah, for Ozzy bet her in that fight, just a a reminder. Um so yeah, I mean, I think Rose Clark uh, has, you know, she definitely had a knee surgery like uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I think she's looked like noticeably worse since then. Uh, I think her her mobility, her striking, her confidence just isn't there on the feet. Um, so I definitely think she has a massive striking advantage over Edgar. But she's just, I don't think she really has the physicality to really use it. I mean, she is 34 too, so not exactly a, a young woman. Um, and... I could see Clark though hitting takedowns, but what I saw against Edwards is Edwards is just such a bad grappler that like Clark had like really bad entries and takedown attempts, but she was still getting Edwards down. Um, and Edwards just laid on her back for long, long periods of time. I do think that Edgar is going to do better in those wrestling situations. Um, you know, she does have a judo background, so I can see Clark shooting a takedown, Edgar stuffing it and maybe getting her own takedown. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'll still lean Jessica Rose Clark to, to squeak out a decision here, but I don't think she's going to look her price tag. So I, I do agree with Ozzy that the value's on the dog here. It's just a matter of if you're going to bet her or not. You know, Ozzy's uh, betting her, so it, it's probably a good bet. You know, the guy's, the guy's record speaks for itself. So um, I'll pick, I'll go against uh, Ozzy, though, and go with Rose Clark as the official pick. Um, but I would not bet her. And moving on to probably the most... Uh, entertaining fight on the card. Uh, we got the featherweight division. Um, David Onama as, as the favorite, minus 142. Gabriel Benitez, plus 122. So Onama obviously had that short notice uh, up a weight class fight against Mason Jones. Was a huge underdog and definitely like covered his price tag there, even though he did lose the fight pretty clearly. Um, he spent most of that fight getting taken down, out grappled, uh, but he's just a freak athlete. Was able to explode out of some back takes and submission attempts, and he was in really bad positions there. But the guy is just so explosive that he was able to escape a lot of those. Um, that's not really going to ha- uh, have much of an effect here, though, because Benitez isn't going to be grappling, and it should be a striking fight. And Onama did, you know, do well on the feet against Jones, but Jones is just a a wrestle boxer who keeps his head on the, the center line. He's orthodox. He, you know, he's very willing to trade in the pocket. Benitez is just such a different type of fighter. He stays on the outside. He's a southpaw. He likes kicking a lot. Um, you know, he's got some good power. And he starts really fast, too. He's known for kind of starting fast in round one. And, uh, you know, I just think that Benitez is the, the side here, as simple as that. I think that we have 
way more footage on Benitez. We have much a better idea of what quality fighter we, uh, he is. We haven't even seen Onama at 145 in the UFC. Um, if you, you really have to go back to Onama's pre-UFC fights to see how he's looking. And he just knocks out some lower-level guys. And, you know, I feel like just the whole market is kind of overrating Onama for, you know, winning one round versus Mason Jones. But completely different matchup, new weight class. And I think that the southpaw striking uh, of Benitez is going to give Onama some problems here. So I like uh, Benitez as a dog, probably my most confident money line side uh, on the entire card. Uh, what are you thinking about this one, Ozzy? Yeah, man, I, I, I don't think this Onama guy is good at all. Like, I don't really see I mean, people. <laughs> people always try to talk up the next prospect, like as if like they found them or some shit or like flair like Sean Shelby. But Onama's not that good to me. And for him to be coming into this fight against like a, a, a such a veteran like uh, Benitez is and be a like over a sixty percent favorite, obviously I'm not looking in that direction. And I think the people that you know think that they snapped up a ton of value and all that stuff, like I don't know. I think if you assess that, there's there's just gambling. Like you're kind of just taking a bunch of trends that you see with your eyes and hoping that it plays out, but. In actuality, skill-wise, the guy's not that good. Um, some of the takedowns that Mason Jones is getting on him were just like simple takedowns, like simple, you know, maneuvers to to keep him on on the floor, right? To ride him down, you know, when there are in that uh, four-point stance. And so, obviously, the guy's grappling's not there. Um, a little bit of a figuring matchup with Benitez in that right, but not in the right that he. I think just the movement that Benitez has on the feet makes it that he's not there's no way that I see Onama blowing him out in this fight in terms of like volume and you know all, all these things. I think he would have to hurt Benitez. And I don't know. I don't really feel this guy's that hard of a hitter even though he has finished some of these guys in round one. I mean the biggest thing for me is uh Benitez being down at 145, not making that weight that often, you know, and all that. But skill wise, I think he's much better than this dude Onama. And I know he definitely has like knockout power, so I'll definitely pick him as well. Um, and but I hope that you know I, I didn't bet it. It's like the most contentious fight right now, so I just hope more uh, Onama guys come in. But I think the guys wolf tickets for sure, a hundred percent. It's no way this guy's in the UFC more than like four or five fights. I'd be surprised if he even got to that. Yeah. So. Probably came into the UFC too early, honestly. Um, and uh, only reason he, on next if fight, he was like fighting at any other gym, like this guy was at like King's MMA. There, there, there's no way he's in the UFC right now. It is like the James Krause thing, in my opinion. I don't really think he's that great. So he's fought nobody. So um, next fight, bantamweight division, short notice uh, opponent Jay Perrin coming in very, very short notice. Mario Bautista minus two seventy. Jay Perrin plus two thirty. You tape this guy, Perrin? Uh, I, I, I'm familiar with uh, Perrin. I, I I saw his. Um, I think that was one year where where I was trying to bet contender series, you know, a lot more. Um, and I and I did watch his last fight. I, I actually bet him. I think he was like, I don't know if he was a big favorite there, but either way, you know, the guy. He, he's just well-rounded overall. He has pretty good conditioning. He's more of like a striker, but on the feet, he's kind of lazy, in my opinion. Like, he let this guy, Josh uh, Smith, his last fight. You can watch it on Fight Pass. It's pretty easy to see. But if I remember right, he got grappled a little bit by him. 
Like the dude was like pushing forward, but then you know he the that guy tired out very very easily. Um, and in the Dwight Joseph fight, I thought he looked good in that. I mean, this guy's solid. I feel like it's not unheard of for him to be in the UFC for sure. Um, he fighting a guy in Bautista though that he's just much more dangerous overall with like the submission grappling and you know just finding ways to finish the fight. So I think, I think it's warranted that he's a favorite uh, here. I don't think I'd use it as like. I don't know. I feel like Jay Jay is definitely not going to put him out with punches. So, excuse me, just a little guess. Um, so I feel like it's more likely probably uh Batista finish, especially this uh small cage as well, because Perrin he'll come forward. Like his decision uh wins are are against like durable guys. So I'd probably lean for this not to go um to the scorecards, but. You know, I wouldn't use this guy as like parlay, parlays, uh, Batista because he, I mean, he does not have that big of a track history uh, either. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Batista not not really the type of guy to cover minus two seventy. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really grapple. You know, so it's going to be does he cover minus two seventy striking and. Um, you know, he did just get clipped in that last fight versus Jones, but this parent guy, I mean, he, he, he stinks in my opinion. I mean, watching his fights, I was literally just like, uh, extremely annoyed, frustrated, just like his fights were just terrible. I mean, they, 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 there's some sloppy striking for a minute. Then they clinch up against the cage. They fall to the floor, some sloppy grappling. Just everything I saw was sloppy. The opponents he was fighting aren't good. Um, you know, his contender series fight, he looked pretty bad in, uh, not a whole lot happened in that fight. They didn't even sign the guy who beat him. So, um, you know, I just don't see much of a path for Perrin here. Maybe he can get some grappling going, uh, because uh, I just don't see him being, have the striking to, to compete with, uh, Bautista on the feet, uh, Bautista, um, you know, pretty solid high volume striker, uh, throw some good knees and elbows, you know, slices, uh, dudes up uh, in, on the inside with, uh, elbows. And I pretty much love any fighter who throws elbows at distance. And if you watch his, uh, Jinsu Sun fight, I mean, he throws like 50 elbows in that fight. So I like Bautista a lot. I think he gets back on track here, probably finishing him in rounds two or three with like, uh, maybe cut stoppage or some sort of TKO or something. Uh, but I agree, probably not a parlay piece, just not really proven enough to justify that price tag. Um, that's enough about that fight, though. Uh, featherweight division next, we got Christian Rodriguez stepping in on really short notice, making his UFC debut. He is the big underdog. Um, the odds in this one, Jonathan Pierce, JSP, minus 330. Christian Rodriguez, plus 270. I'll, I'll keep this one short. Uh, Rodriguez does look, like, I would say really good. I mean, his striking looks really solid. Um, you know, he mixes it up really well, uh, throws good kicks, you know, rips to the body well. I mean, just his, his striking looks like it could be really good. Um, but he is a natural bantamweight. He has never fought, or maybe he fought once at featherweight. He, his last fight was some bullshit uh, low-level opponent that he fought at like a 150 catch weight. But he's not really a, a guy who's going to be suited well for 145. JSP is a huge featherweight, probably one of the biggest featherweights on the roster has spent some time at lightweight and JSP is just a fucking tank. I mean, this guy, uh, is incredible. Uh, you know, Ozzy had a huge bet on him in his last fight. I think I had a, a small bet, but you know, he, he's looked like a beast in his past two fights. He beat, uh, Morales and Kamaka who are both good fighters. And, uh, this guy just has relentless pressure on the feet, great wrestling. And when he gets on top, I mean, he, he is a truck on top. This dude has nasty, uh, ground and pound submissions. Um, and I just think that he's going to be way too big, too good of a, 
wrestler to to you know lose this fight versus Rodriguez. Rodriguez might have some brief moments of success in the feet, but I just think his defensive grappling is too untested. He did defend some takedowns versus Cortez in the contender series, but he also did spend a few minutes with his back against the cage versus Cortez. So um Rodriguez, I don't like this matchup for him. I think it's pretty stupid for him to accept. He's an undefeated fighter. I think he could have a very you know good uh, career at 135, but he's going to lose this fight. He's going to get out grappled. And JSP sub plus 450. I like that prop a lot. Um, so those cool are my fight here. Cool fight. I mean, you see some shades of Anthony Pettis and Sergio Pettis, and you know a bunch of those guys in this Christian uh, Rodriguez guy. Uh, you know, he throws straight shots good. He, he He's creative. And he's overall, he's kind of like, it's hard to stick to him, like when you are grappling, because he's very good, especially in the clinch. You know, let's say, like when you're moving there, like he's very good, adept at like, um, you know, you're transitioning there. He's got a hold of you, maybe like a tie clinch or something. And he'll he's really good at putting his elbow there or his knee there and kind of like bringing up those strikes that uh, could p- potentially be fight enders. Um, obviously here, like you said, he's going to be much smaller than JSP, although that might be good for him. You know, he was making, having a hard time uh, cutting down to 135. So, I, I mean, not far-fetched to say maybe his weight class is uh, down up at 145. But I think JSP, for sure, pressure is probably going to be too much. I see a lot of back clinching going on here. I see a lot of clinching. From JSP, takedowns, double legs, scooping up legs, trying to like grapevine them together. Maybe getting a later stoppage, but I wouldn't be surprised that if he ran into like a big strike or a triangle, like just, you know, this guy's in the, you know, the Pettis family business, man, which is, you know, memeing guys, round three knockouts, you know, submissions when you didn't think it was coming, all that shit. This is the kind of guy same archetype so don't wouldn't be surprised at any of that um but but yeah I, I lean pierce but interesting fight but uh you know i don't think i'll bet on it at all you know maybe maybe for it to go a little later but that's about it um yeah the over is set at one and a half so that could be an interesting look there um that's going to take us to the next fight uh we're five fight main car i don't know if they'll, they'll stick with that but this fight was scheduled a few weeks back we're finally getting it here uh, middleweight division joaquin. joaquin buckley taking on abdul razak buckley minus oh, one Sorry. buckley minus 164 razak plus 144 uh what do you think major about banger one? alert major um, I didn't know I needed to see this fight until they 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 put it together, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think obviously I think Buckley's just a much better fighter overall. Like you know, he puts himself in danger somewhat, which is why, and he doesn't have a great chin, which is why it's always kind of nerve wracking to bet him one and then two. You know, something he just does not do a lot uh, when he is in there, which is makes it also frustrating. But I mean, Al Hassan. This dude, how can you trust this guy? Even as an underdog, he's just not big enough of an underdog for me to want to, you know, hope that he lands a big strike. Like this guy hits hard for sure, but he has no way of landing hard. Like he, he'll give you a few, you know, good in the pocket right hands a fight, but that's it. This guy, I don't know. I don't think that the you know Buckley at at, at a favor here is that incorrect because you know this guy obviously he knows how to wrestle yeah he actually knows i don't he doesn't know jujitsu but i mean he he knows how to wrestle and he could strike 
and his cardio is not that bad, and he hits he he uh, hits hard too. So long winded way to say, buckle your pass. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. Um, yeah, buckle your pass. I mean, minus one fifty if that's still available in some books. I mean. He's not a guy you feel great about betting as a favorite, but I mean, he really should beat Razak here. I mean, uh, I remember last time we were talking about Razak versus um, DeKiriko, and I, I I remember saying that I think the DeKiriko covers yep. minus two hundred, and you were kind of uh, flaming yep. me for that. And but, what happened? Whoa, whoa, hold on. What yeah, happened? I saw a picture. I saw. Wait, 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 wait. I saw a picture of Razak on the scale, and he looked like he definitely hit his cycle. Like he looked chubby versus Malcoon, real fat, and then he looked absolutely shredded versus ADC. And I did kind of send out a tweet as that happened and said that I think that uh, Razak is the side but, now. So but like I did said, make a bit of a fool guy was of myself like plus on the pod. like two twenty or though or like two hundred for that, and now he's yep. only plus like one like one fifty even. Can you even get that? You can't even get that. So. He landed one strike, one strike, a uh, head kick. Knock. It, it's kind of funny though that, that he's not good. Isn't it funny though that that uh, uh, ADC head kick knocked out Buckley, and then Razak head kick knocked out uh, ADC, and now they're matching up with one another. I find some some, crazy some stuff humor going on, in that. Sure. Um, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, Buckley, Buckley, better cardio, more you know traditional, consistent offense. Uh, might even be uh, bro. Buckley's the future, Razak man. Is just terrible at Buckley's everything. He's the future still, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Guy, guy got. It's pretty crazy to think like he got knocked out by Kevin Holland. Like, don't you think like if they fought again now, like the line would like it would be like significantly yeah. closer? Even I, though I, that he I, just I, I mean, this, um, Buckley's a talented guy, man. And the other thing too, Al Hassan, man, this guy. I mean, Buckley used to be a one seventy pounder as well. But when you look at Buckley, you're like, all right, bro. Like, it's okay. You fighting at one seventy or one eighty five. Hassan, this guy can make one seventy. Like. And the two t- you've seen him in the cage do anything for like 30 seconds, right? The head kick of the Chirico, and then whatever time Malcoon wasn't glued onto him. So give me Buckley. Give me Buckley for a lot, actually. I, I just decided that right now. So Buckley for a lot. Buckley. <laughs> He's minus Buckley. 145 DraftKings. That's playable. Buckley. That's uh, it. Precursor. Um that's gonna be an, that's gonna be enough of that fight. It should be fun while it lasts. Um, next fight, we got one of the, the greatest legends, veterans in MMA history, Jim Miller, uh, taking on another newcomer, Nicholas Mota. Nicholas Mota is a favorite here at minus one eighty. Jim Miller is plus one fifty five. And you know, for someone to be minus one eighty versus Jim Miller in their UFC debut, I would want that fighter to be like a proven, really good fighter, like. Uh, like a, a a generational prospect to be minus 180 over Jim Miller because I know Miller's you know far past his prime. He looks a little bit shaky durability wise. Gonzalez clipped him, dropped him early. Uh, his cardio has been pretty terrible for the past few years. He's he's pretty much seven minutes uh, or bust. He has about five seven minutes worth of cardio. After that, he's been dead tired in those second half of those fights. But those were also against a way way stiffer competition. Scott Holtzman, Vince Peichel. Um, Joe Selecki, I mean, Nick, Nicholas Mota, um, you know, has not faced that that uh, tier of competition, even though I think he does have a win over Selecki. Is that right? Um, 
But, you know, Mota, I'm seeing he's an orthodox boxer, right? He does look like a pretty above-average boxer, but he, he really only targets the head. He doesn't, you know, rip the body. He doesn't have a lot of kicks. He doesn't offensively grapple. There's not a whole lot of footage of him defensively grappling. I think Selecki actually took him down and won the first uh, round or two of that fight. Um, but they're... There's really not a whole lot of footage on Mota except for him just outboxing a few guys. Um, you know, his past two fights, he he was beating those guys pretty soundly. He probably could have knocked them out, but he fought conservatively. He w went to the decision and he won those unanimous decisions. So uh, the one thing, uh, the one positive thing I'll say about the guy is it does seem like he knows how to pace himself. He knows how to fight the full 15 minute fight. Um but Jim Miller at plus 155, I mean, I'm interested in that. The guy is a notorious fast starter. He He's always, you know, he's, I think, like five or six of his past seven or eight wins have come in round one by submission. Um, and, you know, he's going to fight for your money early on here at plus 155. He might slow down, gas out in the second half of the fight. But I think you'll be able to get a better live line on Mota than you are right now. Um, so Jim Miller, I'd say, is the side at plus money here before the fight. Maybe stab on some Jim Miller round one props. But then my question is, if this gets into the second half of the fight, will Mota did do what he did in the past two fights? And that's kind of cruise to a decision, not chase the kill. Uh, and he, he will, will he just outbox Jim Miller? Or will he he go for that knockout really poured on Miller. Um, last thing I'll say is Miller's past three fights, the Holtzman, Peitzel and Selecki fight, the ones that did go to the decision that he lost. Those were all really grappling heavy fights. And he spent the last half of those fights on bottom. I don't see Moda putting Miller on bottom here. I mean, I just really don't think that's happening. So it should be striking, which kind of leads me to think that Mota probably does find the chin and find a finish in rounds two or three. So maybe stab on some Mota knockout two, three props as well. So, what are you thinking about this Jim Miller versus newcomer matchup? Cool fight, Jim Miller. I mean, I think this guy has been in the UFC like as, as long as I've been watching it. And he went through a horrible, horrible, horrible run where like anytime he fought in like New York or New Jersey, he lost. Like it was like terrible fights. Uh, I think the first one was I paid like five bucks for him versus Nate Diaz in like the Prudential Center. It was like a main event. It was like five bucks a ticket, which is hilarious. But I mean, going into this fight, um, you know, Moda, I have seen him lose in New Jersey a few times myself. I've been in the audience a bunch of times, dude. And then the most embarrassing time I thought was when he got choked by uh, Pat Healy, where I was sitting next to literally Chael Sonnen's uncle, which was another funny story, guys. Hilarious. But he was fighting when he was fighting Pat Healy. Pat Healy puts him in a naked, and Jim like pretends to be unconscious. Until he gets gonna let go, and then immediately he's up. That was kind of embarrassing. But Jim Miller's a legend, all right. And I'm not here to disparage his name, so I apologize for even saying that story. If you haven't watched that fight, don't go back and watch it. Um, is it's a no contest because that was back when Pat Healy was on. Healy the smoked marijuana. He was on the heifer. Yep. That's when they were canceling fights for that. So don't even don't even give that 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 fight any credence or any views. Um, you know, boycott that shit. Scrub it from the internet. Uh, so I mean, against Mata here, I mean, Mata was up in Jersey like for a while training with um, not Mark Henry, maybe it was Mark Henry, I don't know, Nick Catone, I think that's when he knocked out you know a bunch of dudes in CFFC. Then Nicholas Mata goes to like Denver, like Mark Montoya, and I don't know what happens over there. Now, Nicholas Mata, I see him pop up in pictures next to Rafael dos Anjos, which former opponent, right? Am I right? Long time back, did they fight? They never fought. Jim Miller fought. Did he ever fight Rafael Dos Anjos? I don't think so. Fuck that. They shouldn't should have made that fight. But 
he fought Benio Darius. It seems it seems like they did. Right? Yeah, it seems like they, they definitely fought. were scheduled. I he's, feel he's been fight. he's been around Fuck, for so long. Man, Jim that... Miller's fought everybody, man. It's that that's Jim Miller's record is a gangster, is just insane. a certified gangster insane. with for, Lyme disease the entire time. Well, Frankie too. Edgar too before the UFC. I mean, this guy has the record. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm going into this. Let me just. I just think these guys are gonna bang. I think if Jim Miller gets Mata to the ground, he's looking to drop elbows on him or advance position. Nick Mata is not going to stay on bottom. I just think there's going to be action here. So uh, taking that under, even at current price, I think is okay. Um, but I, I lean toward Jim Miller just being able to hit this soon. Mata's pretty stiff on the feet. Like he's not really bobbing around, moving his feet very much, moving his head. So Jim Miller, he he sits down. He knows how to find a chin in the pocket with his strikes. And then obviously, you know, there's a big grappling advantage here. So I'll take Jim Miller and, uh, and, and hopefully this, uh, is a round one finish. Well, uh, don't take the under because does not go the distance is minus one thirty same price as the over so, or the under. So you might as well take those extra two. And these a half are the, the same uh, price. these details. Oh, we should only, only you and I should talk about <laughs> Let these guys figure that other shit out by on, uh, on their own. That's true. That's true. See, see uh, how little Ozzy thinks of you guys listening. But um, moving on, heavyweight fight. The legend of the UFC, Parker Porter, one of my favorite fighters right now, taking on Alan Badeau. This should be a hilarious fight. Porter minus two sixty, Badeau plus two twenty. Your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking about this heavyweight? Oh my showdown? god! So we got the fucking. I mean, Parker Porter should be getting paid Francis and Ganu money. If only these guys know, like, that people actually tune in. Like, Parker Porter's not on the prelims here. He's got Alan Badeau fucking standing across from him. And these guys have a main event, main, main card spot. I wouldn't have been opposed to this being promoted to the main card, honestly, five rounds. Because um, I feel like it could give Porter, you know, the requisite time to break a man as tough <laughs> as Alan Badeau. Um, <laughs> look. Just a resilient will on Super Bedell. Resilient. Just resilient. Look, listen, you know, I think Parker Porter here, I think he's going to get his first uh, submission win. I'm going to call it right now. He's going to win by submission. In the UFC. In the UFC, yeah, correct. I don't know if it's club and sub. I don't know if it's like just a Debo down into bottom, you know, uh, side control and then uh, Americana. I don't know how it's going to come. But at 6-1 to one, plus 6.50, give me that all day. Um, I'm on undergang. In this fight as well, I feel like there's just going to be Parker Porter. He's not here to burn calories. He's not here to fucking, you know, eat a French fry, you know, or, or, or let let a French fries bake. He's looking to eat those things, you know, before before they're ready, dude. And Alan Badeau, I think he's not he's not in there for the pressure that <laughs> that Parker Porter is going to put out. So give me Parker Porter under. ITD, but specifically by submission. I don't know about under. I don't know about that. I mean, um, I do think it probably ends in round two or three here, but I don't know about under. Um, one thing, though, is Porter does have multiple round two, round three finishes. You look at this guy's record, um, like his past four finishes have all come in round two, round three. Um, 
and you know Parker Porter is just a man's man. This dude had a rough run with the uh, you know Philly's Philly's finest uh, Dawkins in, in his first fight, but has just looked immaculate since then. Cashing as underdogs in back to back fights, uh, we were on him in his last fight on the goes to distance in his last fight. I mean, the guy's just been a money train, and he's going to keep the train going here. I, I love that plus six hundred for the sub. Um, you know, he does mix in takedowns a bit. Bado is a pretty terrible grappler, um, but Bado is probably going to take it to him for a little bit in here you know he does wing some punches he does throw punches from some weird angles and you know he could give porter some trouble early on here but porter is just you know a, a beast he's durable um he can take the fight to the floor a better grappler and he's got the much better cardio i mean uh, alan Badeau completely wilted and quit versus alan nascimento i mean he had a good round one won the round was hurting him a few times and i don't know what happened i mean i guess he just completely gassed out after five minutes of success too it's not like he was even struggling it was five minutes of success and then he just completely wilted got hit with a few shots and got knocked out so um you know Badeau's cardio is terrible grappling is terrible and parker porter is going to finish this man at rounds two or three so so Porter round two, round three props. Alex. Does Bedo does Bedo train with Gone or no? I don't think so. I don't, Where I really the fuck don't else so. in France? Whatever. Porter, dude, submission. Right, there's, there's probably two. There's probably two MMA. Porter gyms in round in one submission. What is that? What is that? That's got to be like fifteen uh, to one, fifteen to one at least. No, I don't. I don't think those odds are. I don't know if those odds are out yet. Let's. Oh, I think that might be out nah, on DraftKings. I, don't think they're, they're I there. mean, the FanDuel is kind of slacking with props oh. this week. Um, I think it's worth. I think it's worth taking the time to pull them up. I'm going to look real dude. quick and and Order. see. I I lean I lean more towards round two, round Order. three submission. I mean, submission. I dude. How is Porter round one? Plus two hundred. Plus two hundred. Submission Terrible. is Terrible 650, odds. dude. Give me that submission. I'm gonna. That is such. That is such guys, bad odds. Guys, don't bet that yet, though, guys. Don't, this podcast. Do not put this podcast out until we get our submission lines. All of them. It's plus six hundred. We're taking that. Yeah, it's not. It is not out yet. So we'll we'll Round figure that out later as it goes. But yeah, put ourselves around two. I'm going to. I'm I'm going to. Um. But uh, anyways, that's enough of that one. Um, moving on to oh, I didn't know this was catch weight. Interesting. Co-main event: Kyle Dacus, uh catch weight in one ninety five versus Jamie Pickett. Um, Dacus is the favorite, obviously minus two sixty. He's been getting bet pretty hard. Jamie Pickett plus two twenty. Um, so Pickett has you know come through for us as a dog two times in a row. Um, you know, very grateful for him for that. But this is the time where his streak runs away. Um, and honestly, we we probably are getting a generous price on Dawkins as a result of Pickett winning two fights in a row. I mean, Pickett happened to uh, be matched up against two of the worst middleweights on the roster. He did defeat them both by decision. He has been looking generally better in those fights, but I mean, the guy just constantly gets back up to the cage. He's not a great grappler. He doesn't really let his strikes go when he's at distance. So I think Dawkins can probably hang with him at distance with his, you know, slick southpaw boxing. And then Dawkins is going to be looking to grapple here. He's going to put him against the cage. He's going to take him down. And Dawkins should just be in uh, two or three steps ahead on the mat probably finding his way to a submission here. Um, Dawkins sub plus 310 FanDuel, probably worth a stab there. Um, but, you know, respect the picket coming in on short notice, but this is just a bad matchup yeah. for him. Uh, so you take the thing that I said right before, right, Porker, uh, Porter uh, submission, and then you parlay that with Dawkins submission. That'll give you 
what is that? That that has to be that's like a hundred to one. No, what am I talking about? It's a lot. It's good. That's good payout. Maybe fifty, 50 to one. It's pretty good payout there. Um, I think Dawkins is what three to one. So I mean, let me just get to the matchup a little bit. Uh, chime in with that number whenever you have a chance. But plus twenty-seven seven. Idiot. Why would I say a hundred to one? But anyway, so uh, <laughs> you know, Dawkins, he's got pretty clean boxing. This guy knows how to move in the pocket, you know, decently. I think Jamie Pickett. He he when he wants to, you know, he'll have his defense up, but he'll exchange with you. But he's looking to clinch. He's looking to wrestle. He needs to wear Kyle Dawkins out uh, to, to do that. And what I think is going to end up happening is Dawkins is just at some point going to uh, be able to put him in a position where he's going to be able to dictate like how how they fall to the ground. I don't know if it's going to be like off a wizard, like, you know, overhook throw, a trip takedown, a, you know, a, a single leg, whatever. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I think that Pickett's going to be eagerly looking to grapple, and then he's going to make a mistake that Kyle counters him, goes to his back, you know, maybe finishes a re-naked choke or gets like one of his, you know, arm triangle chokes, um, you know, finishes Jamie Pickett. So I like him here. I don't the knockout. I don't think is that live just because Pickett he'll like run away. He'll like you know slither. He's so big, you know that that he could like. Uh, a curve away from punches so that you don't hit him with the kill shot. So that submission line, that shit ain't gonna last. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm taking that, putting it with the other best bet, Parker Porter. Um, while you were talking just now, if you combine Pierce sub, Porter sub, and Dawkins sub on DraftKings right now, you get 133 to I'm one. Bad. So you know, easy, easy, one hundred and thirty-three to one winner there. That's a you know easy bet. Um, but that's enough of that fight. Taking it on to Ooh, the boy. main event. Um, it was supposed to be Rafael Fizia versus uh, Rafael dos Anjos. Um, would have been an incredible fight. We're getting that in a, a few weeks though, so it's not too big of a deal. Uh, but they promoted this fight to the main event, light heavyweight division. Jamal Hill as the considerable minus two forty favorite. Johnny Walker plus two hundred five. Um, Man, just what a fight, right? What are you thinking about this one? <laughs> um, listen, I've never been a real big believer in Jamal Hill, except for when he fights Australian guys uh, named Jimmy Crew, um, who are obvious obvious frauds, right? I mean, you ask anyone who's from Australia, they got nothing good to say about anyone that fights <laughs> anyone that fights MMA over there, uh, whether it be Casey O'Neill, you know, Robert Whitaker. It, Jack, Jack Della, Della, Madalena. Do the list goes on. Um, but these guys had nothing good to say about him. And obviously, you saw what happens when you are not a natural striker and you get put in space against Jamal Hill. So Jamal Hill, he's in a hunt for uh Johnny Walker. But Johnny Walker, like that's kind of where he's comfortable. Like he's not comfortable in terms of like being in the pocket with you and exchanging strikes and all that. But he likes it when guys like come forward towards him and are like a bit wild. Which I'm not saying that Jamal Hill is wild. He's definitely not wild. But he's a guy, he's young in his career, so he could get a little over over eager. So coming into that kitchen that Johnny Walker's got going and the doctors that he's with, you know, I think this guy, I wouldn't be rushing in to go for a finish here if I'm Jamal Hill at any point. Um, I'm not gonna bet this main event, man. There's no way, first of all, let me just tell you that. But I feel like this could go over, like like that last Santos fight. Like, 
it could end up like that because I feel like Jam- uh this Walker throws like a few flying knees and shit, throws a few kicks out there. I don't think that Jamal Hill is going to want to walk into those all that much. And I think he's just going to stay outside, throw jabs and leg kick. So I'll go with the over here. Um, I, I, no way would I parlay Jamal Hill just because you you've never even seen him take a punch, really. I mean, Darko, I think, stunned him maybe. This guy's never taken a punch. So I, I'd have to take Walker if I was going to bet the money line, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean... Hard to hard to come up with some thoughts about this one. How many main events have gone the distance in a row? So every main event in 2021 has gone the distance. Cater Chikadze, Ingano Gain, Hermanson Strickland, Adesanya Whitaker. Um, and then if you go back before that, I mean, I think Dacus and Oliveira finished. But then before that, there were uh, another like 10 main events or maybe like 11 out of 12 main events that went the distance. Um It seems extremely unlikely this one makes it to the distance, right? Um, but... You know, trends are trends. You might have to just throw a stab ball on that plus 330 goes to distance just just on principle. But uh, I don't see it hitting. I see Hill making pretty easy work of this fight. And I, I do kind of agree with everything Ozzy said. Uh, Hill isn't really tested in the striking. He has had a pretty easy path to victory in the UFC. Uh, I think maybe, I think uh, OSP landed some on him, you know, and he took that well. Um, you know, Ozzy's a big fan of OSP. So that, that, that win's got to earn some respect in your mind, right? Not really. Um, but <laughs> uh, you you definitely bet OSP there though. Oh right? yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you just you OSP has earned Ozzy's respect so much to an extent where he's just going to back him no matter what. I mean, um, but uh, you know, Walker is just is is just such a fraud. I mean, this guy's skills are so bad, and I feel like him going to Kavanaugh and training with this new like more you know. Uh, refined style of his is just worse for him. I mean, you saw it in the the Santos fight. Somehow he did win two rounds there. Um, But, you know, the whole... The whole appeal of Walker, the reason why he high rolled his entire career was he's coming out like a madman. He's throwing flying knees. He's throwing spinning back fist, elbows in the clinch. And, you know, we really didn't see any of that versus uh, Thiago Santos. And Santos is, is you know, hobbling around on one leg. I mean, I think if he went in with that old style, that old Johnny Walker style from like 2019, he really could have clipped Santos and finished him. But he fought terribly. Kavanaugh's in his ear trying to make him into some technical striker. And Walker just cannot do that. The guy is terrible. Um, and you know, I think Hill is probably just going to land some punches and clip him and knock him out. I mean, Walker's chin is really bad. Uh, he has been regionally knocked out. Uh, uh, your boy, Corey Anderson, uh, knocked him out. Uh, and, uh, it's that easy. Even it's Ryan that Span easy. had just him on the couch him a few times, bing, bang, bang. And, uh, and he's going to fall down just like Jimmy crew fights right? over same thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although, up. although, um, yeah, I I think I did not. I think I bet Cruz sub there. So, you know, you definitely won that that exchange. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, he'll definitely surprise me in the crew fight. The dude does have some pop in his hands. You saw Cruz's face after that fight just butchered from a few punches. And I think uh, Walker goes down hard and fast here. Uh, you know, I'm kind of leaning under. One, I, I'd say it ends in the first two rounds by Hill knockout. So uh, I'd be pretty shocked to see this one make it out of the second round. Um, So, yeah, fight's probably going to end uh, – you know, I wonder what does not start round three is. It's probably going to be uh, pretty juiced, but um, sounds like a not. Yeah, that's player. enough about that. He'll knock out uh, round it's one. Definitely not going to hit. Yeah, I, I'm, you not, know I'm not, not advising for that. Um, 
No, I don't know about knocking a hit, but it seems like it's just like a mook for bet sure. for sure, for sure. Um, oh yeah, here it is. Fight won't start round three minus one thirty two. Oh damn, that's actually kind of better odds than I expected. Shit. Um, whatever, whatever. Um, he'll he'll knock out is the pick. Um, hopefully Johnny Walker doesn't win. We need to get this guy out of the <laughs> UFC ASAP, and that's gonna do it. That's going to do it for the card. Um, you know, pretty uh, fast breakdown, uh, just over 50 minutes here. And that's going to take us to our best bet parlay of the week. Last week, I picked uh, Bobby Green. Ozzy picked Jared Cannonier. Um, very plus EV play, plus 189 when you combine the two of them. And, you know, we bet them straight both bigly too. So it was a big win last week. And let's uh, try to keep that momentum going. Um, do you want me to pick mine first, Ozzy? Yes. Yes. I do. I will go that's with... what the people want. That, that's what the people are anticipating every time. I know. I will go with Mowgli Benitez <clears throat> money line. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. He's getting in front of Plus all the money. sharp money. Oh, Plus my money. God. This guy's leading you guys. I don't know. I don't know if I would have took you guys over there. The Fane Nigeria. Godspeed, guys. Um, I'm going to take... Uh, down to a few props or just a money line for me. So, I mean, the Buckley, I'm going to bet Buckley, but because only DraftKings has um, has that, I'm going to give an, another sweaty one as well that I want people to follow me on. The over one and a half in that Walker fight, main event, we're riding the overs. Let's go for one more. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so that's uh, minus one, 130. Let's grade it. As uh, so, one thirty plus and plus what? One thirty, one thirty. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. Well, can we combine different books? Is that allowed? Are we allowed to combine the best? Nah, price? do the same book. Just do the same book. So okay, um, plus two ninety three. That comes out to Benitez money line over one and a half plus two ninety three. So I think there'll, there'll be some sweaty plays there. We're going with some bold picks there. I think you probably could assemble like a chalk parlay to probably profit here in this one. Um. Like, Pierce, I don't know. Batista, yeah. I don't know. Listen, Bellator is the superior card, has a superior main event. Um, and I like some plays on there, but I'm keeping those to myself for now. Yeah, just DM Ozzy. He'll be happy to give them out yeah. to everyone. This is a good. Know. This is a good Bellator card, man. It's a good Bellator card. Yeah, right. Good main event. There. Good main event for sure. Justine Quiche. Justine Quiche. You know, you always want to watch her fight. Georgie Karahanian. It's a good fight card. So. Uh, old man Korshkov still chugging along. So yeah, uh, I do probably agree uh, reluctantly that Bellator might even have the better card this weekend. Definitely the better main event. I mean, no doubt about it. Storley versus Gracie, probably the best fight going down this weekend. Classic uh, who fight. Cares about, Classic who ca- fight. Who cares about this is that? Ken PFL Shamrock card? versus Ken Shamrock versus Hoist in in twenty twenty two. No, yeah, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know who those guys are. I mean, exactly. the fuck. Um, take us out of here. All right, that's it. Yep, that's enough. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Quick one this week, not the greatest card. Uh, but hope you're all able to make some good profit last week, one of our best podcasts yet. So uh, we will see you guys before uh, the next card, which was just announced, Bobby Green versus Islam Mahachev in the main event. That's oh official. Oh, God. And we will be back next week for that one. So uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all make some money this week, and we'll see you before the next UFC card. Peace out.